Maybe don't know. Maybe don't. This time, 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 Climb better, faster, the often missing piece. Years ago, I wrote two back-to-back essays about how to get better faster, the magic bullet and training wheels. I thought that I was genius for pointing out a problem and then offering solutions. I wasn't. I failed to take into account that people would actually follow my advice and move on past the level detailed in those essays. I failed to realize that people would ask, okay, now what? You were once a noob asking for advice in the gym, and you actually followed it. You got better, fast. You mastered the level you were struggling on. Seven years later, sorry it took so long, I've been busy. I'm here to tell you what's next. It's actually pretty simple. Try something hard. Pick a project that inspires you, something a little over your head that might be intimidating, a grade you wouldn't have dared call realistic when you were taking off the training wheels. Potentially even a grade up from that. Just try it. It's going to feel a little ridiculous at first, maybe even impossible. Try it again, a few more times for good measure. Now, step it down slightly to the grade below and try that. Put some time and effort into it. If progress stalls, reevaluate your tactics. More effort, more time, mastery, see it through. Outcomes matter. It's entirely true that if you don't try something hard, you can't do anything hard. A non-negotiable step to climbing V10 or 514 is to try V10 or 514. It's also true that it's incredibly difficult to prepare for something that you have absolutely no clue about. Now you know. You know what the next level feels like, and you've got a good idea of what it will require of you. But as the great hip-hop philosopher Aesop Rock rhymed, No one ain't half the battle. That's a bullshit quip written by some asshole. You've got to try the thing. You have to actually go to battle. Remember to continue to be honest with yourself. Be kind to yourself. And try really fucking hard. All right. uh, Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. My name... Oh, I don't even know why I had to snap. That's a habit. Anyways... Uh, my name is Mario Stanley. I reside in Dallas, Texas. I'm a full-time rock climbing coach, podcaster, filmmaker, and I would say bona fide hustler of all things within the world of rock climbing. Because, as my mom said to me a little while ago, you've been in rock, you've been involved in rock climbing so much. I think you'd go bankrupt if you did anything else, and that is true. <laughs> nice, mom knows you. Oh yeah. Um, I will agree with the bona fide hustler and add that you are the the energy bringer in the room very often. Um, I appreciate that. You, I, you bring a giant smile and good energy every time you walk into the room. I appreciate that. Some days, it's funny you say that because I was, um, so uh, one of the jobs I'm trying to move into coaching is I want to be the coach that coaches coaches and really kind of talks about 
um, the culture that you want to foster and the environment that you want to foster. And I was telling a coach just a couple of days ago and they asked me they're like, what's the hardest part of this job? I was like, when you're at 10%, you have to lie to yourself, walk into the building and be at 125 to 150. And they looked at me kind of crazy. And I'm like, because if you're at 100%, by the end of practice, the kids will lovingly, because they need your attention and bandwidth. <laughs> lovingly drain, wear you down. <laughs> drain you down to like 5%. So you just got to like hype yourself up. And I kid you not, you will see me in the parking lot like I have this thing, like you know, it's called the switch. I call it the switch, flow state, whatever. But like it's this thing I always do right before I climb. And sometimes I will literally do it in the parking lot before I come in and like jump around and hype myself up. And my heart rate goes up when I do it. Like mm -hmm. it's a, and everyone knows, everyone who's an athlete knows what I'm talking about. Like you get into this different state. And I literally have to do that sometimes right when I see a bunch of the kids walk in and the ones that I vibe with the most which is all of you if you're listening to this podcast, um, <laughs> is, uh, you know, and I just amp myself up. And I think those days are the hardest days because you just, you kind of got to lie to yourself and not lie to yourself. But you realize that, like, you're about to do something big. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's, it's working with kids is big. For sure. And I think that kind of leads right into this chapter which is you know when i when i wrote this initially it was it was somewhat in response to a couple of other chapters i had written years earlier for the blog um which were chapters that talked about uh, mastery and you know doing easier problems or easier routes as perfectly as you could and really wiring things and dialing things in. But ultimately you just can't do hard things unless you try hard things. Yeah. You got to do the thing and you have, to, it's a skill to learn how to get yourself ready to try a hard thing. Oh, I would immensely agree with you because I don't, so I'll say this. I think when you don't prepare yourself to do a hard thing, that's when you get injured. Very mm -hmm. much so. Or, you know, emotionally or physically. Hopefully it's just emotionally because then you can at least still rock climb. Um, but even then, yeah. And it, it is something that I know that I've had to learn. And I've, I referenced this book almost. I think I've referenced this book in a million different podcasts before. But with winning in mind. Uh, the third edition, it's a book that I I quote and I live by to help me, it helped me drill that skill in and learning how to turn it on because I would not get on things were outside of my pay grade. I always used to float yeah. in, I'll just climb the 512 that's steeper today or I'll climb the 513 that's slabby today, but I would never just get on the 13 that's like really steep, really hard and I would never ever 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 just get on something like you know five thirteen plus or if the gym sets a gold tag on slab i wouldn't get on it because i'm like this is just too painful this is just miserable like i'm not going to get on it and i would just honestly never ever ever do it and it honestly wasn't until i practiced psyching myself up and i actually you know i can remember this actually so um this is when i was setting my buddy Kenzie Davis set 
this yellow route in Summit Dallas, which was Dallas Rocks back then, and it was all pinches. And I remember I sucked at pinches, and I just wouldn't do this route. I wouldn't get on it. And I remember having to psych myself up. And this is one of the around the first times I read this book. I would not get on it. I would do everything below, but I literally psyched myself up and I just bombed the first two moves. And then I tried it again, maybe like a day later. And it was, I was actually able to get up with it and I was actually able to do majority of the moves. I didn't send the boulder or the root, but it was a hard process. Yeah, I think it, you know, it always is. And I think it's one of those that once you do it the first time, it becomes a little bit easier the second time to get yourself to that place. And pretty soon over time, you kind of learn this routine um, so that like what you're calling the switch, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you know, you need to get to this level uh, to go in there and face all these kids who are going to lovingly (laughs) put you into the ground. And so you build yourself up and you understand how to do that now. Yeah. And you can also do that for rock climbs or for, you know, any, frankly, anything you're doing in your life that's hard, scary, big, audacious. Yeah. You can absolutely learn a routine, a technique, a, a, a thing you go through to put yourself in that space. Yeah. No, I would definitely agree with you. You know, and, and talking about this chapter, uh, you know, trying hard things. Um, you know, do you think there's a science to picking the things that are hard or like someone, cause I don't know. I, I only say this because I would always be super choosy about picking the things that's hard. And I guess what I'm asking is, should someone throw that out the door or should you like really be picky about what you're trying to pick that's hard? Well, I think it sort of depends on, I think, I don't think there's a science to it. I think what you have to do is when you're choosing a hard thing, it should make you uncomfortable. It should make you nervous mm-hmm. um, to do it. Now, that might mean, you know, in, ter- in climbing terms, that might mean a thing that's in your style but is really difficult, something much harder than you've ever climbed. Okay. It might yeah. mean something that, the number that's given to it isn't the hardest thing you've climbed, but the style is what makes you uncomfortable or the exposure is what makes you uncomfortable or, you know, whatever it is, as long as you're leaning into that, I'm nervous about this. Then as far as I'm concerned, that's trying a hard thing. And over time you get much better at, leaning into the exposure a little bit, leaning mm-hmm. into different styles. And then as you get better at those, all of the things start to become more about climbing actually difficult things, you know, hard yeah. moves in a style that is uncomfortable with an exposure that's uncomfortable. And But you'll never get to that point unless you go through those things that aren't specifically attached to the grade. That makes sense. So would you encourage someone to pick hard things that are stylistically hard before physically hard? Because if they pick things that are stylistically hard, they could probably go down a few grades 
of what their physical ability is? Or would you say it's better to kind of like, you know, see if there, you know, put your head through the wall and see if there's anything else on the other side or does it depend on the person? Yeah, I think it's, I think it goes both ways. Um, you know, some people need the, need the momentum of working on something that they're good at already, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just really difficult for them. And other people really get a lot out of leaning into something uncomfortable and getting nervous, getting scared. You know, I've, I took a trip to Australia and I mostly wanted to go bouldering, but I decided I'm going to go try this climb, you know, and climb on this wall that makes me really nervous. And I'm looking forward to that, get up there and get scared feeling you know, and mm-hmm. I, I really leaned into that and had a great time. I was terrified the entire rock climb, but I had a great time doing it um, because I was expecting it, leaning into it. And then I would go try a boulder that's very, very difficult for me in a yeah. style that I really liked, you know. So I think working on both is good. And if you if you need one versus the other, that's the thing you should lean toward at that moment to make yourself happy to, you know, keep pushing in rock climbing. Are there, are there ways that you convince your kids to get on things that they're scared of, nervous about, afraid of how they might look if they don't do well on it or whatever? Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. So I like to take two or three different kind of approaches and mine, you like, with kids, it's a little weird because with adults, it's kind of easy. You're just like, okay, I want you to try this thing that's super uncomfortable and super weird. And they're like, you know, but we'll be fine. With children, it's a negotiation. Like you're like, the, the answer is immediately no. And so you have to break it into like bite-sized parts that is more emotionally palatable and digestible for them then it is so much hard sometimes because you have to decide like, you know, does this kid just need a win today or does this kid need to really try hard? Cause sometimes just getting the win is way more physically demanding than actual the, the physically demanding boulder because you know, they can't differentiate between I'm trying so physically hard right now and I'm trying so emotionally hard right now because they can't differentiate between those two when you watch a kid try, sometimes those wires are getting crossed and you're watching them try so physically hard, but they're not physically going anywhere. They're not physically, and you can call this over gripping. You can call this just like pumping the shotgun or whatever you want to call it. But like, they're just like just throwing down, but they're not actually physically going anywhere. Like they literally didn't even travel a bolt hold away. Mm-hmm. And so when you're doing this with kids, what I find that works best, depending on the athlete, is I, I tell them, I preference them, okay, all right, we're gonna try, it. today is theoretical coach day. I'm gonna make up some theoretical boulders or I'm gonna put you on some routes. Like, I know you can't do these things, or at least I don't think you can do this. And, but we'll just see what happens. And it's never about finishing the boulder, it's about getting within this circle and close to a hold. Sure. Now, if they can make contact with the hold, that's great. But what I always say, I'm like, I just, you know, I want you to get like within like finger distance, like, like just try and high five it, slap it, like, or slap the wall near it. And then a lot of times if, 
and if that doesn't if that works then i'm like oh can we just high five past the hold and they're like well why don't i just grab it i'm like yeah but like, i know you can probably grab it but i just want to see if you can go past it let's just just humor me and then it turns into this thing where it's not actually about rock climbing anymore it's not it, like we're not actually talking about climbing or getting across getting to the hold what we're talking about is generating movement in a direction and then being able to and this in my opinion is kind of like the secret to like really really good rock climbing climbers that can control the rate in which they decelerate and and decelerate and increase accelerate uh, yeah de decelerate and accelerate the climbers that can control that rate of speed in motion that those are the people that you want to pay attention to and if you can teach a kid in mid dyno to slow down in mid dyno and hit a certain re region on the wall, then you've got it. And I find that that is way more effective and trying to get them to do scary moves. And then what you do is you put that same move on an overhang, then you put that same move on a slab and you put that same move or same move kind of movement on all these things. And you're still not trying to grab holds yet. Like holds are next week. Right now we're just like, let's just slap it. Um, you know, let's put some chalk on the wall and I want to see if you can get it taped. Uh, like I'll put a bunch of tape on the wall, have them chalk up their hand a ton, make it really silly. And then when they slap the tape, because of all the strips, you can see the chalk that's left over and you can actually see if they hit it. Um, and that's a good visual cue for them. And so I find that that really works with a lot of climbers who just, they, kids who just haven't connected the dots, like, like they're body mechanics aren't working. So that's like the first thing. The second thing is to get kids to try real hard. Um, and this is kind of weird because once again, it is a negotiation. Um, I'll put them on a boulder knowing that they cannot do it. But what I will do is genuinely, I will give them like rainbow feet first. They can put their feet on anything. And then I'll take away those holds and then I'll, uh, sorry, then I will then be like, all right, you're climbing a red boulder and there's a purple boulder and a pink boulder next to you. All right, now you can't do rainbow. You can only use red, purple, pink. And then I'll diminish it and I'll diminish it. And then eventually I'm like, okay, just try these moves. And what's happened is, is they've run it enough where the scariness is gone. And with kids, you really kind of have to like almost trick them or get them to forget that the boulder is difficult and that's like the hardest part i th i think you have to do that a lot with adults too you know i think our egos are so built into it and we're we build so many expectations um you know i work with a mostly adult population mm -hmm. and i see it all the time that people have created their own ceiling you know and they they think this is as hard as i'll ever climb um, why should I even get on anything harder? And I like your framing of it, uh, initial framing of it as you know, this is something impossible. This is something audacious. You're you're probably not going to be able to do this. That's fine. You know, maybe getting on something impossible and trying it and seeing, you know, having just a, a little glimmer of oh, I might be able to do this move someday, or I might be able to send this boulder someday, mm -hmm. you know, then takes what was impossible five minutes ago and turns it into, oh, well, maybe there's a possibility. And then with more work, it becomes a probability. 
Yeah. You know? And yeah. then, and then eventually they can do the damn thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, you know, taking the impossible and turning it into something they can actually do is, is huge. Are there, what do you have going on climbing or otherwise doesn't have to be rock climbing. That is a, a really hard thing that you need to go get on, go try. You, you've thought about it. It's bounced around your head and you're like, I, I need to go do this thing. I need to see what it's like. Um, I would say there's like two things. Um, I really, and this is funny. I've, this, this first thing has actually only come up in the last couple of days, but like, you know, my favorite style of climbing is multi-pitch trad, big wall. I like climbing ropes. I like doing that, but I really haven't done any intentionally, I'll put it that way, intentionally done any like alpine peak bagging things that are not like really just like, you know, clipping in, plugging gear and getting on your fingers. And I've always just been very glorified hiking. Extreme hiking has always been unappealing to me, very unappealing. But um, there are some technical things and mountains and routes I'd like to do, especially in the Bath and Islands, where I have really realized like a big portion of it is like I'm n- I've never been interested in extreme hiking, but and also a big portion of it is like I really don't know what I'm doing. And it's actually really kind of nerve wracking and scary because I realize I can get hurt. I, 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 like, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Like there's way more that can go wrong in that situation than just tying it on a rope. And I've had like a big pill to swallow that recently that I want to try and do some peak bagging in that kind of situation so I can get the necessary skill sets to tackle some things that are more within my skill set. The problem is, is I need to have other skill sets just to get to the climb. Sure. And that's the big thing. And then um, another thing is I'm working, which I've, I've briefly mentioned to you, I'm working on a documentary project that's going to be combined with um, or, um, organic climbing um, tension and a few other people are definitely helping me out with this project, but um, without getting too much into the details, um, it's just nerve wracking to kind of actually write a script and make something about yourself and knowing that I'm going to create a small little documentary towards a bigger idea of helping making climbing more accessible in Texas and raising money and trying to put, trying to get people to back you on these ideas and things like this. And it's just, I've always been one who's never wanted to, um, I've never really wanted to be someone to like do GoFundMes or thing this. I've always been like, I'm just gonna work real hard and pull up on my own bootstraps. And I have had to accept that that is just humanly, not humanly possible with the magnitude of this endeavor of wanting to make climbing more accessible to climbers in the state of Texas. and creating more areas for people to climb and it's just it's just not acceptable that's not tangible and so having to back up and just realize that like i'm gonna need some help and i'm gonna need help putting all this stuff together and getting this stuff done has been probably the most daunting thing because there was a day i was literally sitting in the studio and i don't know if you ever have these days but like you're just kind of sitting in front of your computer and like all right i need to get started here 
but like I'm making every excuse in the world. Oh, I've, let me finish doing the schedule. Let me finish working on inventory. Let me do all this other stuff with my yeah. other job. And then, you know, push on the shove an hour later, you know, you still have time to do it. And I just, now I'm just honestly negotiating with myself. Yeah, that's, that's been a tough one for me to learn. Actually. Um, I'm 100% a do it myself kind of a person, you know, I, I love helping other people do things, but when it comes to my things, I just want to do it myself, like mm -hmm. not consider asking for help ever. Um, but I've gotten much better at that. Um, you know, working with Soil on the boulder bags and the crag kits was great and eye-opening and, you know, understanding that someone else has these resources that I may have, may not have, or these connections that I may not have that they can point me toward has really helped me working on this book with Brittany, um, her looking at my essays, taking my words and then saying, maybe it would be better if you said it this way. Um, I know what you mean, but I'm not sure anyone, everyone's going to know what you mean. Some people might take it like this. Yeah. Has really opened my eyes, you know, and having, having people around to bounce ideas off of, to help, um, and then asking for help. If you have a good idea that you believe in, asking, you know, for people to help you back that idea can be life changing, really. Yeah. Um, I agree. And I, you know, I think that's exactly like asking your, your partner to sacrifice their day to go to this audacious thing you want to try and you know, you're going to be scared on and you know, you might be hanging on the rope for two hours because you're nervous trying to go to the next bolt or, yeah. you know, asking for that kind of help can be really nerve wracking. So I, I totally relate to what you're saying there yeah man i just i've just never been one and i think this has come from my upbreak upbringing and i and mind you i don't want to knock on this in any way shape or form and i don't believe it's this this is just my own ego and my own insecurities speaking but i've never wanted to do anything that i that i consider a handout yeah. you know like like i have to be able to do this on my own there, there it's not a point of pride it's a point of like I shouldn't, if I can't do it on my own, I shouldn't be allowed to do it, period. You know, mm -hmm. and that's like, but that's just my ego talking. And I've had to really wrestle with that a lot lately. And I have, I, I, in the past, I have definitely let opportunities slip by because of that. And I don't want to be that person anymore. And I also am trying to look at the magnitude of what I'm trying to achieve and it's not just about me, even though it kind of is about me, the purpose of this is to make it, is is to open access for for everyone, for anyone who wants to get into the sport, whether, whoever you are, and open access, and hopefully open access to other versions of, of outdoor recreation. But ultimately, I've it's the project is just so big that it can't be me. and. It's just a hard freaking pill to swallow. Totally. I it sucks. get it. Now, let's just be honest. It sucks. But I, I get it. I got to grow. One of the things I've learned 
um, and I'm still learning, constantly learning, uh, is that I really love the collaborative process. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than I ever realized I did because there was a lot of that I'm going to do it myself built into even the you know musical groups I've been a part of or um, projects I've done with other people have all still had this um, this edge of you know I'm going to do my part you do your part and then those two parts will be put together it's mm-hmm. not really a collaboration then you know it's it's a bunch of different people doing their own thing um and i've really just learned how to collaborate and make things with other people and and have other people believe in what i'm doing um and i love passing that on too so it's been it's been a tough pill for me too but but I'm enjoying it at this point. So I, oh, think, yeah. I think once it starts to go down a little, you'll start to enjoy it more. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting part to the, getting past that point is real. Oh man. Well, dude, I appreciate you sitting down and I'm psyched to be here in Salt Lake hanging out with you. And I'm, I am too, I'm glad man. that we don't have just jam packed schedules. So we actually get some time to, hang out yeah dude i am i appreciate you so much and i you know i was thinking about this today when we were just hanging out walking around but you know kind of going the back of what we were literally just talking about like you know i consider you a mentor in a lot of ways and i think the biggest thing is you will never be able and just pop this literally just popped in my head but like you'll never be able to swallow any hard pills unless you make time to let people in and I'm just so thankful and grateful that I have been able to grow. Our friendship has been able to grow and I have been able to spend time with you and learn from you. So thank you very much. And I look forward to the rest of this time in Salt Lake. Yeah. Yeah, Same. Tomorrow goals, not met freedom and trans world depravity. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. This time, 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 this